Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the Canola Council of Canada is supporting the federal government as it joins the dispute settlement consultation with Mexico on agricultural biotechnology. The consultation was initiated by the United States under the Canada-United States-Mexico Agreement and Canada joined as a third party. Chris Davison is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council. He will share why groups like his support the government's actions. New technology designed to help detect when cattle are ready to breed was tested at a recent field day. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association hosted a Sense Hub Cow-Calf Field Day just south of Peebles. Dr. Samuel War is the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health, the company that owns the technology. He explains how the tag called Sense Hub works. When we come back, Chris Davison. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Chris Davison is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council of Canada. Now, Chris, I understand that your organization is supporting the federal government in this dispute settlement. Uh, First of all, why has a canola group uh, been involved in this and why are you concerned? Yeah, we we are supportive and very much welcome uh, the announcement from the government of Canada uh, this morning. Um, our interest here is uh, comes from the fact that uh, Mexico is a leading market for Canadian canola. It was valued at about uh, 1.6 billion dollars in in 2022, and and is in fact uh, Canada's largest uh, agri-food export uh, to that country. So. Uh, we're supportive of the government's efforts, and really it's around reestablishing some certainty and predictability uh, in terms of our trade relationship with Mexico. Now, are you concerned that if GM corn is banned in Mexico, that perhaps GM canola could be next? In order to continue to serve the Mexican market, we need to have regulatory systems in place that are going to support getting those innovations you referred to, including products of ag biotechnology, uh, authorized in those markets so that we can in turn put them in the hands of uh, Canadian canola growers to meet the demand that's there. Now, GM corn in Mexico hadn't been an issue until just the last few years? And so historically, Mexico has been one of the world's uh, main importers of GM crops. And uh, we noticed a few years back, uh, going back to almost around 2018, uh, we started to see some changes in the regulatory system, specifically as it relates to um, uh, approvals of uh, uh, biotechnology food products. And so we started to see those changes uh, around that time. More recently, as you pointed out, uh, it's been linked with uh, um, GM corn. Uh, but we did see a queue of products across multiple crops that started to build in the sense that we weren't getting the timely approvals that we had seen previously. So that's where the interest is. But you don't believe that Mexico is ignoring the science that proves GM corn is safe? Uh, I don't think that's the case. As I said, historically, they've been one of the world's main importers of GM crops. So I think there are other um, other interests uh, driving activity in this space. Uh, we certainly know that... Um, Corn and and uh, is a is a cultural uh, strong cultural uh, crop and there's strong interest in uh, domestic varieties that they have there. Uh, but the point here is that we need to have clear, predictable uh, science and risk based approaches to regulation across all crops and commodities. And that's where the interest from Canada and our interest specifically in terms of canola comes. 
Do you have any thoughts on why there has been a shift in Mexican policy in recent years? I'm not going to speculate on that. And really, I think um, the source of it is is uh, less of a concern. Uh, the fact that it's been brought forward by, by the government of Mexico when we started to experience uh, some irregularities where previously uh, we had a predictable system, uh, that's really the driver. So we're less concerned about the source, but certainly want to work with uh, the government of Mexico and other stakeholders to return to uh, a situation of uh, a predictable science and, and risk-based approach to uh, uh, to regulation and specifically to considering uh, products of agricultural biotechnology. And I'm sure quite simply, you hope that the GM corn issue can be resolved quite soon. Yes, that's correct. And, and this latest action that was announced by the U.S. last week and then supported by uh, the Government of Canada's announcement uh, today uh, is also under Kuzma, under the dispute um, settlement provisions. Uh, but this is a, a consultation. And so, uh, you know, recently there were some positive signals from Mexico uh, in this regard. And what we're hoping is that these consultations can deliver more formal and substantive assurance that's required to provide that clarity and certainty about the regulatory approach moving forward. So we're very hopeful. And Chris, any final comments? Uh, Just know that, as as I I said a minute ago, the significance of the Mexican market for Canadian canola, it's a very valued market uh, for us. And so, uh, you know, the, uh, the move to get a speedy resolution to this uh, is where our interest comes from, and uh, we're hopeful that the uh, announcement from the Government of Canada today will support that. Um, it becomes critically important that we have these uh, regulatory approaches that are grounded in this science um, in order to make sure that we can continue to put innovations in the hands of uh, farmers, and in this case, canola farmers. We need those innovations to contribute to food security challenges, to help us address uh, climate-related production issues, and remain competitive and profitable. And, and that's what we're looking to uh, to get from the process. Chris Davison is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Industry Relations for the Canola Council of Canada. After the break, Dr. Samuel War with Merck Animal Health on the EarTag Sense Hub Cow-Calf. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. There's a new idea out there that's going to be very helpful to livestock producers wanting to find out a way to determine when cattle are ready to breed. Dr. Samuel War is the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health. Uh, Samuel, tell us about this technology and how that tag called Sense Hub Cow Calf works. So SenseHub Cow-Calf has uh, ear tags that monitor cattle movement and behavior that allow for 24-hour heat detection on pasture and gives customized breeding windows to that individual cow. That data is transformed into an alert that's sent to a producer's phone and notifies them the best time to breed that cow. And then the tags themselves will actually light up for easier identification of that animal on pasture. Now, I understand the tag is usually put on the ear about two weeks before uh, a cow is due to be bred. Is this a way to make the beef industry run more efficiently and and hopefully get better results? So the hopes is um, by demonstrating this, this technology um, that we can achieve both and to minimize um, the amount of time-consuming labor that it takes to do conventional heat detection. So this tag is going to be monitoring 24-7, 
and uh, just make on-farm labor a lot more efficient. And really, it's going to be happening at DNN Livestock, which is a family-owned cow-calf operation out by Peeble, Saskatchewan. And they're going to be demoing this technology because they want to improve uh, just those things, conception rate, as well as just their on-farm efficiency. And uh, this initiative was actually through the Agricultural Demonstration of Practices and Technology, or ADOPT program, which is a government-funded initiative, uh, which is evaluating and demonstrating new agricultural practices and technology at the local level. So it's really trying to take what you said, the, the issues that the industry is facing, and just showing how we can provide solutions in a practical way. Now, this product has only been out for a short time, but this technology was developed previously by another company. Uh, tell us about that. It's been out there for a, a small period of time, um, but it's overall a, a still a fairly new technology to the industry, for, especially for the beef industry. You, you definitely see it a lot more on the dairy side, and uh, oftentimes um, just with challenges of layout, of uh, topography in the beef industry, as well as internet connectivity. Um, the, the beef industry sometimes gets the short end of the stick in terms of getting some of these technologies. So we're really excited to, to make it so it's going to be nice and easy and convenient for, for everybody to start accessing this type of stuff. Any sort of technology, there's always, you know, the first versions of it. Um, this was uh, technology that was developed by uh, another company before Merck Animal Health actually acquired it. So it's something that's, you know, people are always chasing to, to improve and, and develop. So I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it just stops evolving. Um, but yes, it's, it's been years, years in the making uh, to get it to where it is now. And it's going to be years in the making to continue where it's going to be. So it's, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff behind it. And then the long-term goal for this new type of tag? The long-term goal of this technology would be to take producers to the next level in terms of understanding and being able to monitor and manage their operations more efficiently, more profitably, and um, hopefully just make that, that whole labor efficiency a, a lot better in, in different situations and just help the industry move forward and, and use the data that we're, we're collecting in a more usable, effective way on, on farm. Dr. Samuel Warp is the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health. These are the top agriculture stories for the week of June 26, 2023. Canadian farmers planted more wheat, canola, barley, corn and soybeans, but fewer acres of oats, lentils and peas than in 2022, according to the June 2023 Field Crop Survey. Statistics Canada pegged canola plantings at 22.08 million acres, a 2.2% increase over its March Seeding Intentions report. The all-wheat number came in at 26.92 million acres, almost identical to the forecast. Farmers decided to seed 7.32 million acres of barley, up 3.3% from the March number. Oats fell to 2.54 million acres, a 17% freefall from the March estimate. It is the lowest oats acreage on record. Peas dropped 5.4%, lentils plunged by 7.7%. The June survey of approximately 25,000 farms was conducted from May 15th to June 12th. Data on the final acreages for 2023 will be released in December.
Updates are coming to the Canadian Grain Commission's official grain grading guide this crop year, which takes effect August 1st. The definition of the severely sprouted grading factor for Western classes of wheat in the guide is being updated after research was completed on the impacts to end-use quality. The primary and export tolerances for test weight and total foreign material are being aligned in most of the classes of Western wheat. The Commission is also making other changes, including updates to the determination of dockage in canola, the composition of dockage to include insect parts, the percentage of hulled seeds in dockage and the definition of foreign material and hulled seeds in canary seed. The Grain Commission says it is implementing changes to better meet the needs of the agriculture sector in Canada and its international grain buyers. The federal government, along with its prairie counterparts, have completed a collaborative project that engaged First Nations communities in the goal of furthering Indigenous participation in the agriculture sector. The report showed some First Nation communities are interested in growing their food systems through traditional practices, as well as increasing their participation in the agriculture sector. The information collected will inform department priorities and policies and programs aimed at advancing Indigenous ag and food systems. A partnership to provide agricultural-based education to Saskatchewan students will continue for another five years. The Saskatchewan Distance Learning Centre and the North American Equipment Dealers Association agreed to a new deal. CEO of Sask DLC Darren Gasper says the agreement will continue to provide work placements for high school students. The Dealers Association will provide $40,000 a year to support students in the Agricultural Equipment Tech 20 and 30 programs, Parts Technician 30, and a new Precision Agriculture 30 program, which is currently in development. The seven new inductees into the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame will stand on stage to receive recognition for their contributions to Canadian ag. Garnet Altwasser is a beef entrepreneur from Alberta. John Bragg drove the wild blueberry industry in the Maritimes to the export-driven sector it is today. Rory Francis has dedicated his career to PEI agriculture. Marcel Grolo is a dairy farmer and a pioneer in Quebec ag. Ron Helwer is a visionary agribusiness leader and founder of the Canadian Association of Agricultural Retailers. Robert Irving established Cavendish Farms, which is now the fourth largest producer of frozen French fry products in North America. And Ray Robertson is a champion of forge production in Canada. The induction ceremony is set for November 4th at Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.